Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Gwen Drager. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Exciting times. Praise the Lord. I have some strong convictions. They're not just those negative ones like Pastor Jason was saying, Reverend (laughs) Jason. (laughs) Praise the Lord. We're so glad to have them back, aren't you? Congratulations to our new couple. Amen. And uh, one of our other couples is away celebrating 11 years. So praise the Lord. Amen. Marriage is a good thing under God's hand. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Amen. So, yes, uh, uh, you've probably seen it once or twice that I have some pretty strong convictions about how I think about God. And uh, (laughs) they're not those negative things. They're the, I won't be moved on this. And I'm frankly, your opinion about it doesn't really matter. And that sounds very harsh, but when it comes to the things of God and the Word of God, I'm not. Uh, your opinion about whether you believe it or not is not going to change what I believe. I have very strong convictions. <laughs> I'm very strongly convinced. Praise God. When I, I was in uh, school, in nursing school, one of the things that I discovered is that I would look through a glass darkly at many things. I'd look through a microscope. And yes, it'd have a light on it. But I came to realize as a believer that what I was seeing under the microscope, I had to believe what I saw. Someone at some point in their life had named those cells and given them and said, well, that's strange or that's unusual. We're going to call that cancer. And so when you go to the physician and you had a test and he comes back, you couldn't see it. Not unless you look through that glass darkly. You couldn't see it. And so you had convictions about your physician that they would not lie to you. They're telling you what they saw through a glass darkly. They're looking at something and said, this is not usual. Someone else named it cancer, so we agree with what they've said. And so you have faith in the doctor. And we would say today that that would be normal. That's normal. That's normal activity. Doctor comes along, takes your blood or takes a sample of the cells in your body, uh, perhaps a, a strange growth, and they look at it and they go, because somebody named it before them, because somebody named it before them, because someone named it before them. Are you getting this? They say, this is cancer. And no one challenges it. They accept it. Are you telling us not to believe doctors, Pastor? I'm telling you that what they say is based on what someone else said and about what they believe about what they saw. Now, if I come to you and I say the Bible says that Jesus has a father who's named the great physician... And he comes and he says, my son here, Jesus, went to the cross so that no one ever would have sickness in their body. And you go, well, just a minute. I'm going to have to have 50 more verses for that. I couldn't see that cancer. Jesus could. I didn't name the cancer. Someone else did. I didn't name diabetes either, for that matter, or any of the other long list of diseases. But when it came to, this is what the Bible said about that and so, and this is what Jesus said about disease, I want to have my facts lined up. I'm going to have to take some time with that. Perhaps I'll fast and pray and, 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 and gather up my scriptures. Where was that anyway? Was that... Was that in Exodus? Was it Psalm 103? Was that Psalm 107? Oh, and where was that thing? Oh, is it 1 Peter, 2 Peter? Oh, Someone named it. Some man actually named it. I don't mean male, human, named stuff. And we begin to find out that way back in the book of Genesis, 
there was a guy, and he was given authority to name stuff. And when Adam was given the authority to name things, they stuck. We still have the authority to name things. We find out when we go into different languages that blue may have a different thing because somebody else who spoke that language named it something that they call blue. Whoever decided that grass should be called green? Or grass, for that matter, right? Oh, right now there's a new thing, just so that you all know and you're all up to date. Because of the water restrictions, they've renamed dead grass. They have. They've told us. Yeah. And they've said, oh, it's not dead. It's golden. <laughs> I, am, I am serious. And the media is promoting it. And they said, when your grass turns golden, we don't want you to fear. Don't turn on your water. We're preserving it right now. And because in the fall, it'll rain again. Your grass will become. It's just a normal progress. It's just golden. Enjoy its goldness. I've come to the place in life I'd like to rename a few things. And you wouldn't believe how many people nodded their head and went, my grass is golden now. It's okay. No, it's dead, folk. That grass, when it does that, is dead. <laughs> we, we, yeah, we have, we have some trouble. We have some trouble with faith. We shouldn't, but we do. Pastor Jason brought up a, a, a great scripture today, and I love that passage in, in John. And I want to take you today to 2 Thessalonians 3. I'm going to start there, verse 1. And I am reading out of the King James. I may go somewhere else, but we're starting there. Amen. <laughs> 2 Thessalonians 3, 1. Sometimes they just have a hard time coming out of there, especially if I get talking too quickly. I try to slow down, but I get excited, and then I talk too fast. But I'll try to put my foot in the brake a little. Finally, brethren. <laughs> pray for me. <laughs> Second Thessalonians 3, 1. Finally, brethren, pray for us. That the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified, even as it is with you. If you think about what I was just saying. You can understand that it doesn't, the word of God is being hindered. Pastor Ann prayed for the limits to come off of our thinking as believers. There is a limit to where the word of God has been working in our life. We have come to the place where the words of media, the words of government, the words of, of physicians come above the word of God. So that when Jesus comes along and says things like this morning, you're innocent, you're washed in the blood, your past is over. All of those wonderful things that Jesus bought so very preciously at the cross. We come to them and they're like. <laughs> and the stall. We're stalled. We're not talking about people who were born again five minutes ago. We're talking about people who've been sitting in church for years, and they still have trouble understanding the work of the blood of Jesus. How do we know? Because they're still living like they're in bondage. They're still living in the harvest of, of the possibilities of their sin manifesting as terrible things in their present day. Oh, it's the harvest of my sin. Look, it's sprouting up everywhere. Does the word of God have free course in your heart? Because when the doctor's report comes, whose report are you going to believe? Well, then I'm going to have to work myself up into some faith for that. Oh. Well, faith is a normal part of life. See, we had faith in the doctor's words. We trusted it. We believed it. That's faith. We believed the doctor's words. Now, I'm not saying they're evil. Please understand me. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that God has told us we're in a time of miracles. By the way, they never ended. Just saying. But when he said that we're going to see that again in the earth, that told me two things. One, People must have finally found out they got faith in God. <laughs> Amen. They, they woke up. They're going to operate by faith. That also means the words had free course in their life. If there's faith evident, 
the word of God is grabbing hold of people's hearts. And that is a wonderful thing. So whereas we look and we say, "Mm -hmm, pray for us that the word of God may have free course. When the word is going forth, is your heart ready receiver? Last week, Pastor Ann talked about the cup that's turned over or the cup that's uh, face up so you can be poured into so that you can receive. You see, when Jesus said his son to the earth, I want you to hear me. He never said, here's your lineup of sins. We're going to go by them one by one. We'll make a list. We'll check it twice. Make sure that you have been naughty and you haven't been nice. And we're going to line them all up. And then we're going to go through them, you and I together. We're going to have a sit down in the chair, you and God. And we're going to go through these sins one by one. And you're going to ask and you're going to cry. And you're going to weep over these sins. I never saw him do that. He said, freely, I've received and freely give. There's a place where God freely give. When Jesus called the disciples, he said, come follow me. And they left stuff behind because when you go somewhere, you always leave somewhere. You always leave somewhere when you go somewhere, right? So when he said, come follow me, he didn't say, and by the way, while you're along the track, make sure you repent for. When you are going somewhere, you actually turned and gone a new direction. That's what repentance is. It's turning and going a new direction. So God never said, all right, I'm going to hold you with your sins. I know this. When the goodness of God manifested and you see it and you follow that, you're leaving the ugly behind. And when that goodness of God begins to move in your heart, you really don't care about what was. It becomes irrelevant. And there is a place in there when you, your eyes do come open. You say, God, so get, oh, man, I was a mess. And he loved me. And he loved me. But he never held me captive of the, the salvation because I wouldn't talk about sin. He never said, that's it, you can't come unless we talk about that. He never said that. He just said, come. I did. I received. He talked about receiving more than he ever talked about repenting. And today, we've got a gospel that's pure, that's holy, that's righteous, that's full of receiving. What have you got to receive? And we get so stopped up at what we've done wrong. And that is handled in a moment. As Pastor Jason said, it's already handled. Jesus already paid the price for it. You just have to what? Absolutely. You have to receive it. Pray for us that the word of God may have free course, a free place, a place where it can come into our heart and grow. The word of God is coming from people who have spent time on their knees, spent time with the Lord, hearing from heaven for words that will help bring that stability into your life. That it would have an openness And be glorified. When the seed of the word goes in your heart, God's happy about it. Have you ever given something to a child and they went, nah? Doesn't feel very good. But when they go, I love this. This is so good. It's funny. um, uh, My husband, you know, we've been working on eating well and things like that. And we had this uh, black bean spaghetti. And, and, and so, you know, and I had some, some uh, meat that was cooking in a sous vide. And, and he's like, oh, what's for dinner? What's for dinner? And I thought, oh, it'll be really good, honey. And, <laughs> and he comes and he looks and like there's black bean spaghetti and there's red peppers and stuff and then some sliced beef on the top. But it did not. It looked like black worms on a plate. <laughs> and, and he ate it <laughs> and he took pictures of it. We laughed about it. And, and uh, Miss Bethany happens to love them. And so she had said, oh, I had such a craving about that after I saw it. Oh. So when I was out at the store, I found another box and I gave it to her. And she was so happy. Oh, and then she sent me a picture later. She said, look. I didn't. And she said, I said, did you share with your father? She said, no, I waited till after he went to bed. <laughs> There's such joy when we give and it's received. Feel the joy we have right now? 
We all go, it's so good. It's so good. God's saying, I sent my son. I gave you my son. Receive him. Receive him. Receive him. There's so much good he's got in store. And we don't get have to get stopped up in all the rest. Amen? Whose report are we going to believe and why? That pray for us, that the word of God may have free course and be glorified, even as it is with you. That we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. Mm-hmm. Not the faith of God. Not the faith of God. And, and this is something that, that right now is very pertinent. There are some unreasonable folk out there. And they cannot hear faith. Their glass is so upside down, they've got a seal on it. He said, and the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and to the patient waiting for, for Jesus Christ. Now, I said that verse um, because I wanted to give a pause for thought before we talk about verse 4. Verse 4 is kind of strong. And in this day and age, we're, we're uncomfortable with strong words. This is the confidence we have in the Lord touching you. Do we believe as pastors, as leaders, that the word of God affects you? Absolutely, we do. Absolutely, we do. That you both will do the things which we command you. Now, I did not write this. <laughs> and you should all breathe in and out. But those are strong words. I tried looking in other, you know, places and, and other translations to see if it would soften it from some. Because sometimes I know that we are, have not become, a, or we've become a society where it talks about directions like this. And we get kind of uptight. What? That's weird. They're a cult. I'm leaving. Pack the bag and go out the door. Run for cover. They're commanding you. Besides, there's 15 churches down the block, and you've got a smorgasbord to choose from. And you'll find something else that lets you stay in your sin and your weakness and your lack of strength and faith in God. And you'll find something that you feel above often. I feel a little bit above this. I'm a little smarter than this pastor, so I think. And we'll just go there. Don't you tell me it's not true. I watch it happen all the time. I'm not saying it happens here. Aren't you glad? And we're not honestly coming along and commanding you to do thus and so. We're not. That's not the trip here. But there is a place where we say, this is the word of the Lord. Go this way. And you won't be harmed. Go this way. There's protection waiting for you. Come this way. Get to know us. Get to know us. <clears throat> In this day and age, we have a lot of people, they want to pray for each other. And, I don't, and I, I'm off to, you know, pray for each other. But God has an order of how he does things. And I get it. Part of it is we get all excited on a Sunday morning. And we think it's the anointing. We talk about the anointing, but we don't really understand the anointing. This is part of where faith can come into practice. And we're going to talk a little bit more about faith so that when you do go to pray for somebody, you've got the faith. Amen? Amen. But let's talk about this anointing. It's very interesting how it works. In uh, 1 Timothy 4.11, it says, neglect not the gift that's in thee. We don't want people neglecting the gift that's in them. But how do they work in the body? How do we get these things functioning? You need to know your gifts, and we need to know. We need to know how you operate. Amen? That's important. Um, uh, in 1 Thessalonians, if we backed up a little bit into 5.12, it says, We beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you. There's two people to know. We need to know you, and you need to know us. You see, because you'll see the pastors for, what, an hour, maybe two on Sunday? But if that's the only time you see us, you're not going to see us when we're taking out the garbage. You're not going to see us when, when we're making dinner and maybe have our hair up in a strange ponytail or something like that. You're not, well, hopefully not. Um, <laughs> some of us at home, you know, will dress different when we're cleaning house. And it might be kind of scary as opposed to what we look like on the camera. There's two ways to get to know us. We actually breathe. We bleed just like anybody else. I think my granddaughter bleeds more than the rest of us. Every time she goes out on something, she's falling and scraping knees. But I think I was like that. <laughs> I know a few others of you who could say, yeah, when I was little, I, always had, I don't think I had skin on my knees. <laughs> we get to know each other. 
But part of the problem with, with understanding how the anointing flows, especially on a Sunday morning, God is moving. And we go, this is the anointing. I must prophesy. This is the anointing. I must have to pray for somebody. This is the anointing. I've got to go and use it somewhere. Yes, the anointing is definitely for a purpose. And the anointing comes to do a work. But most of what we feel on Sunday morning is not the anointing. It's his presence. And presence and anointing are different. Anointing is what comes on you having preached the word. Signs and wonders follow the preaching of the word. Signs and wonders follow the preaching of the word. Signs and wonders do what? Oh, they follow. God says, we're going this way. I've showed you a person, and this is what happens. And there's an anointing to accomplish what God has promised in his word. The presence of God is primarily wrapped up in how we feel. That's how we talk about it, because we don't have other language. I felt God today. That must be the anointing. No. It's his presence. How is it different, Pastor? Well, the interesting thing about presence and anointing is that presence can sometimes lead to the anointing. The anointing, because I'm ministering the word today, will be on me from the Lord to minister what we prayed about for the word to have free course and and for God to be glorified. So there'll be anointing on my life to speak words that will help you and to bring you into a deeper place with God. And the anointing will accomplish that in the words that go forth. His presence is when I sense God. And we often use words like feel. I feel him today. And what we're saying is there's something going on in our hearts that goes, God is real. This morning we sung, God is worthy and he's holy and he's mighty. Those kinds of things. They come out of that expression of the heart. Can I use that word and and, and a little bit deeper than feel? That's his presence. When the Bible talks about being in his presence, it talks about being in his face. (laughs) Being in his face. And isn't that really what Moses was craving in Exodus? That, oh Lord, then I might see your face. You see, Moses didn't have the Holy Spirit the way we have it today. And when we sense his presence, we sense his face. There's a proverb that says, that, that when his presence is on you, that there's, there's this feeling, uh, I'm using feeling words, but that, that, there's, that, that we get in the, in the light of the king's countenance, in the light of his countenance. Oh, that's a great word, that we sense his presence. In that place, we sense him. So Sunday mornings, when we're singing and worshiping, we, we feel closer to God. We sense that he's talking to us. This is his presence. It's not the anointing on a task to get you to do something. And because we haven't heard or talked about this a lot, we don't know what to do with it when it comes. Number one, I'm going to tell you what you can do. Ready? Set? Enjoy it. (laughs) You know, some people say, oh, man, I I just, I, I haven't seen my friend for years. And we're getting together, oh, in, in a couple of weeks. You know, we're going to go to this place and we're going to have a coffee. And, and I'm so looking forward to being with them. And then you get with them and you're like, and you talk and, and you don't finish stories. And there's so much to catch up on. And, and you think we're going to have to get together and finish the five stories we began. And, and you just, you enjoy their presence. But it's not anointing. You're not accomplishing things. You're enjoying being with them. And we've spent so much time in our homes, hopefully enjoying his presence, that when we come together, there is a difference when we gather. It is more fun when we're together. And there is a greater sense and awareness of God in our midst. Now, he's omnipresent, so he really is everywhere. But when we're together worshiping him, there is a greater sense of his presence. And that's a good thing. And so, first things, enjoy it. Talk to him in those moments. Talk to him. Tell him how grateful you are. And have that little conversation. It's wonderful. Enjoy him. You see, we got so busy, we forgot to take time to just, oh. His presence will restore 
what else does it do? It refreshes. Times of refreshing of the Lord. There's a times in his presence. Times in his presence. Now, we don't have to rush out of it. We can just enjoy him. Just enjoy him. Well, what would I do? What do you do when you're with your friends and you're enjoying them? Hopefully, you put your phones away. You know, right? And you look him in the eye. You tell them your heart. That's what you do. You tell them your heart. Isn't that what you do when you went on a date? You tell them their heart. And, and you have this just time and you're, you smile at each other. Sometimes you don't even say anything. You're just enjoying looking at them. Amen. <laughs> I'm seeing all kinds of smiles, especially from newlyweds. <laughs> they understand this. Don't lose it. And I don't mean with each other, but with each other too. <laughs> Take that principle and, and, and place it in his presence. Place it in his presence. Then you'll understand better about when the anointing flows. You'll, you'll, you'll go, oh, Lord, now he might give you an instruction. He may not. I'm not always looking, God, what do I got to do next? What do I got to do? I'm not driven. I'm not waiting for the next thing for him to tell me what to do so I can impress God. Because that's what it's about. Pleasing God is impressing God with how many great works I did on the earth while I was here. Making my, my, my life useful. Right. Come on. I'm not going to impress God. God impresses me. <laughs> and he impresses some things upon my heart. <laughs> Amen. So let's come back to how these all work by faith. Because they do. We, we come to a place where the gifts of God will work by faith. And how do we come to the place where we can rest? Presence is the first place. Many people think, well, I'm going to have to die to this. And they begin to make a list. But we're not list people here, right? I'm going to do this and I'm going to get it right. I'm going to do this because, you know, after this, I'm going to go up to the hospital and I'm going to pray for somebody. And so you begin to build yourself up in your most holy faith. Pray it in the Holy Ghost. Shaka baka 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 baka. Oh, my word. There's someone come to church tonight, and they're in a wheelchair, and they're in a lot of pain. Dear God, I don't know if I have faith for that. Oh, I better work myself up. Okay, um, can, I, can I get that? Pastor Neil, could you come here, please? Would you stand right there? And Dory, could you help me? I said, you know, I said, this is, this is what we do. Oh, here they come with a wheelchair. And we're going to do this with the word of God. Could you hold that, please? You hold that. You have to stand over there. And we get a hold of this and we think, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to work myself up in my holy, ho most holy faith. Holy Spirit, come, come, come. Oh, Jesus, come. Your word says, oh, Jesus, how will I ever pray for them? <laughs> Thank you, Pastor. <laughs> Are you feeling full of faith? I am, absolutely. <laughs> Not because of this, though. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you. I know it's funny, but that's what we do. We're trying to like pump it up, pump it up. Do you think Jesus needs pumping up? Come on, Jesus, come on. I've heard some things and I've seen some things. Fill me up, Jesus, fill me up. Um, it's not that I don't understand those words. But why are you empty? Why are you empty? Why are you feeling empty? It's a good thing, Pastor. We should all want to grow in faith. Faith grows. But it grows because of the word that has gone into our heart. It grows because we decide to believe it more than other words. It comes and it manifests and it's good. Verse 3 of 2 Thessalonians, where we started, said, But the Lord is faithful who shall establish you. He's faithful to do that. You don't have to worry. Now, sometimes I've prayed for people in wheelchairs and, and, and haven't felt that. Sometimes I have. I'm just straight with you. There's times when they come for prayer and I think they're more ready than I am. 
And I worry, is God going to heal him today? And I worried because the word of God was not in my heart in the right way. I don't do that anymore. You see, because when God speaks to me, it gives me a chance to get rid of the stuff first. And then you get it later. <laughs> Amen. There's a time. See, we come to a place. Healing is so normal. Healing's normal. We just need to relax some. We've forgotten how to enjoy God. We're so busy working it up and trying to be great Christians, and it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. I want to bring you to that other command. I read the last verse. I'm going to read the first uh, verse 11 in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11. Here's another command. These things command and teach. Command. It's a strong word. Command to teach them. We know that we are in an age where people are going to need every person with the word of God and strength inside of them. And communicating it well. We'll communicate well when we've enjoyed his presence. We'll. We'll, we'll do it better. We're going to love people more. We're not going to be worried about what they're doing that's weird. Because people do weird things. Let me clue you in. Some of you have done weird things. <laughs> I've done weird things. I'm doing better now. And hopefully, so are all of you. <laughs> Amen? These things command and teach, let no man despise your youth. Now you say, well, that can't be me because I'm over 50. Um, that's not what it's talking about here. You may be youthful also in the word. Maybe you've been born again five minutes. But that doesn't mean God won't speak to you. Right. Now, sometimes in some countries that I've been to, they get born again. And they're like, whoop, I know more than the pastor in the next two seconds because I got born again. And I've had a new revelation of Jesus Christ. And I've had a revelation of Jesus Christ that no one ever had before me. And I am ready to rule. I got it. I am so saved. I've seen it. And then five minutes after that, they get filled with the Holy Ghost. And now they are ready to start a church. And they're like, uh, maybe not. But they go, and they start a church, and then six months later, they're in some pastor's office going, <laughs> or they're broke, and all kinds of other bad things are going down. Don't let anybody despise you, but at least get trained. Amen? <laughs> and what do we mean by training? Training comes in the presence of God. You can get no better training than in his presence. And if you don't get to hear him and know him and know how he flows, it is, it is a different thing. There's responsibility that comes with being pastors. It's not a, just about preparing the word on Sunday morning. It's not just about, uh, you know, spending time in prayer and those kinds of things. There are many things that most people, when they start to run alongside of me, they go, my goodness, do you ever have time to breathe? Yes, I do. And there are many, many things that we do. And it's not just here on Sunday morning for a couple hours. No, it'll be those strange calls and all those things that go on. And can you fix this? And can you help with this? And, and I don't mind. It doesn't. I, I, I have an anointing from heaven because of the call on my life to do that. I'm not telling you it's a struggle. It's not. The gift works. I accepted where he sent me, and it works. If we would accept and know, I, I talked about that, know those who labor among you. I need to know you. I need to know how your gifts work. If you're detached from the body, I'm not going to get to know you. How do I get to know you? Not for two hours on, on a Sunday morning, not meeting you with coffee. I get to know you and, and how your gifts work by spending a lot, of, a lot more time together. You come to discipleship class. You come to ladies group. You come to prayer meeting. I've learned a lot by watching people pray and how they approach the throne of God when they're praying. Am I watching you like through a glass darkly? No. But I'm listening to your heart when you pray. And I'm not there to judge it. I'm not, whoa, they, oh, that's terrible. Da, da, da. I'm there to encourage you, to help you. And then I'll know if there's something that someone needs encouragement. That's how I get to know you. That's how I get to know you. And if you're riding the edge, don't be an edge rider. Don't be, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here, Pastor. I'm a part of the church, but you can't really see me even if I'm online. Am I at the edge of the, the, the camera? Not, oh, I have to go way over here. There, 
I'm not going to be an edge rider, but I love you, pastor. You're my church. You know, I had some lady cut my hair for years. And she would tell everybody, that's my pastor. Never saw her once at church. Not once, not once, not ever. But she would tell everybody, this is my pastor. She handed out cards. More people came to church through her. And she never darkened the door of the church once. She'd tell you, that's my pastor. When did she get pastored? When she cut my hair. But I was careful. I waited till she was done with the scissors first. <laughs> I had the other. That was bad. <laughs> one lady, she started cutting on, you know, I know you're a pastor, da, da, da. So I had to find someone else. She's cut my hair, and, and then she's telling me her life. And the next thing you know, one side's longer than the other, and I, she's crying everywhere, and she couldn't finish up. And oh, I learned that lesson the hard way. <laughs> no ministry with someone with scissors in their hand till you're, you know, wait till they're finished cutting. It'll all be so much better after, especially if they're cutting something precious. <laughs> Bangs are a terribly precious thing. <laughs> they're near your eyes. Let no man despise you where you are. Let us get to know where you are. We need to know you. And then you need to know us. Some people say, well, you know, Pastor Jason, he's such a teacher of the word. Pastor Neil, he's got such a pastor's heart. Anne's another teacher. He works prophetically. This one works that way. This one seems to have an anointing for healing. This one, that, this one. But that's not just who we are. We are not our gifts. You need to know us. Because then, should there ever come persecution, you'll know what kind of heart we have. When someone comes along, because this is the truth, when things are going well, you can be sure someone lying about you and lying about me. Oh, I wouldn't trust it. You know, someone left the church because I wore earrings that were too big. You laugh now, but it was serious, man. And they were big, too. They were. They were big and pink and, you know, kind of crazy looking. But that's not unusual for me, right? And, but if you knew me, you would know that there must be some reason. Someone from the church had gifted them to me, and it was precious for them. And I knew it was a precious gift, and I wore them to bless them. And someone left the church because of it. They didn't know me. They thought they knew me because of what they saw here. When we're a body, we get to know each other. When we're a family, we get to know each other. We get to know the good stuff and the other stuff. And we still love each other. But we don't get to know you if you don't come and be a part. You get connected. And you see, when it's connected, it starts to work. See, and this is where if someone comes along and they start to despise you, you can be sure Mama Bear is going to be on their track. <laughs> That's just how God made me. I don't like to see people hurt. And I have to work at that. <laughs> you know, I don't want to be offended for your sake because there's nothing like secondhand offense. I've been saying it for years, and we see it all over the place right now. Then the, the thing never happened to them, but they will sure get offended for someone else. That's secondhand offense. Didn't happen to you, but you see something go wrong with someone else, and pretty soon you're the most angry person in the block. Anger won't fix it, fellas and girls. Let no man despise your youth, but be an example of the believers. We need to be an example of faith-filled people. What do faith-filled people do? They don't freak out. They know that their words are important, that their words will change things. And they're going to name things. Yep. Right. Dead grass. <laughs> Believers are going to speak the truth. We're not going to go, here, let me pass this one by. I'll make it easier for you. We'll call it golden. No. <laughs> be an example. And the example will never be seen in any of the leaders here if you never see us any other place but here. Be an example. We'll never see you in the light that God has. We'll, and we need to know your gifts so that we can facilitate them, so we can see the move of God move out. Where so many prophecies came about this time and that it wasn't going to be a specific person that God, and you know, the, the stars and all of those kind of words that came out, that God wanted his body to work together. But it won't work together if you're a sideliner. You've got to come in and be a part, and you've got to give your part and help us know, because you know what? I'm not Jesus, and neither are the leaders. We need to know you. We need to know how you function, and, and you need to know we love you. We tell you that all the time, but some of you go, well, I'm not sure. I'm going to tell you everything wrong with me, and still it will check it and see if you love me after this. Mm. Yeah, we still love you. Don't make it hard, though. 
Praise Jesus. <laughs> Be an example of a believer. That doesn't mean that you're a confession machine. Well, I made a bad confession. Everybody's going to kill me at church. No. And we're not here to judge your words. We're doing our best to speak well. Um, there was a thing that went through the church about 20 years ago, and everybody's like, checking their words. Yeah, you said something that was bad. Oh, la, la, la. that wasn't the word. That wasn't the word. No, no, no. And we thought, like, instead of fact checkers, we had faith checkers. And they're like, rr, rr, rr. and it was terrible. And it was like, after a while, everybody's going, rr, rr, rr. <laughs> or, they, or you'd ask them, and they're going, oh, I'm highly favored. I'm blessed. I'm blah, 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 blah. And it's like, this terrible thing, and they're coming out of a place, and it squeezes out under pressure. And you're like, ah, I have just been assaulted at church by some kind of wild confession. I just asked how you were, you know. Bless the Lord, how are you doing? I'm faith-filled. Five verses come out. Jesus, help us all. So when we talk about being faith-filled, we understand some days are hard. God already knew. Tell him. Pastor, friend, this day has been difficult. I could sure use some prayer. Ooh, I don't know if that's an okay confession. Is that an okay? Is that okay, pastors? If we tell you, do you think that's okay? I think it's okay. I think it's okay. You know, sometimes I have to get up and talk to my body. No, you're not allowed to talk louder than the word. <laughs> we do have a discussion. Be an example. If someone asked you. Who knew you, who walked beside you when you're not putting on your best face here? What would they say about your life? Would they know you were a Christian? Good questions. Good question. Be an example of believer. In word, in conversation, you telling dirty jokes? To be honest, there's times when, you know, somebody tells a dirty joke and you're at work and you kind of snicker inside. You're like, and I, I primarily laugh because I was like so embarrassed. I was like, and I feel like I need to go wash my ears, my face, my eyes, my mouth, and all those things. And they're like, ah! and I'm like, I'm so embarrassed for you, and I don't know how to handle it. Anybody else ever been there? Yeah. Yeah. I like, and I'm like, you're looking for the door. <laughs> There's no red exits on here. They're all gone green. <laughs> and so sometimes we feel pressured by those around us to not be an example in conversation. And so we get pulled in because we're embarrassed and we don't want to be like JC super Christian and, and get criticized when really you just want them to watch their mouth. Could you please not use the F-bomb every other word? You know, like just, just, yeah, you know, right? You just, just, just be nice. <laughs> Could you not be critical today just for about five minutes? So we want to be those examples and be kind and, and, and not get pulled in. How can we not get pulled in? I, I think the bathroom's a great place. No one wants to follow you in there. <laughs> you know, lock the door. And if you're in one of those public ones, it's got a lot of stations in it. Just be quiet when you pray. Don't be too loud. <laughs> I've done it a couple of times. Shut the door and forgotten there was like eight other stalls. Jesus, help me now. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> Not the right thing, right? <laughs> they don't know what's going on. I'm, oh, my, my, my. But, you know, God did help me, but not with what they were thinking. <laughs> Be an example in conversation, in charity, in your love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Until I come, give attendance to reading, exhortation, doctrine. I think this world needs a lot of exhorting. And we need to encourage one another to find out who they are and love who God made them. And in this past week, I was sharing with some people. It's, it's so valuable. When you understand your gifts and people know your gifts, and that's not about you, but you've got to know the other people's gifts. You can't just know your own. It won't work. You have to know each other's gifts. And when you do, it works so well. I think of the many times when I was working uh, in, the, in the bank, and they had people that they were trying to train 
that would never, I mean, they'd struggle. They'd get it wrong, and you're like, oh, you know, send them back for training. Send them back for training. They were in the complete wrong job. Their gifting didn't work, and we were killing both them and us. You know, it was a struggle. Everybody was frustrated. Everyone was frustrated because someone was in their wrong gifting trying to be trained in something they were never meant for. And if you think that doesn't go on in church, mm -mm. they get frustrated. I'm not made for this. Some people are good with children. I'm better with older children. <laughs> I, I, I love babies, but I like them when they're like 10. <laughs> I can relate and I can talk to them and encourage them and I love to. It's just, it's, you know, I, I, it's not that I can't hug a baby. My husband's very good with small children. Eslin's very good. I mean, praise the Lord. <laughs> that whole family, you know, bless them. And, and we all have different guilt, giftings. Some of you I've known for many years. I'm going to pick someone out, and they're going to be embarrassed, but please don't be embarrassed. I'm gonna, well, it's, that's your warning, Serena. But <laughs> I'm so grateful for her prayers and her loyalty. And I know this. This is what I know about her. She's going to come out with a word every time. Now, she wouldn't say she's a leader, but she is, in a sorts. Maybe not in the pulpit, but in those around her. She's an example of this. She gets up when there's challenges, and she just prays through. That doesn't make her life easy. It doesn't mean it's a bowl of ice cream with sprinkles. The sprinkles that come haven't been the sprinkles she wanted. <laughs> but she's faithful, and she's loyal, and she loves God. I would never say, hey, you know what? <laughs> you come pray for me. <laughs> I remember a time we went to Africa, and there was a range that we had 24-7 pranks, somebody praying all the way along. And, and she came to me afterwards. She goes, oh, Pastor, you know, I took, she had her sections that she prayed for. I was grateful for that, grateful for that. And she said she realized at that point, wow, that was, it was really different. And, and I, I can tell you that when that was arranged, that we had prayer covering the whole time we were ministering, it was different. It was better. And I might have been behind a piece of wood or sometimes a piece of metal with my Bible. But just because I stand here doesn't make any other gift invalid. Right. It's all these things when they work together. Let's be that example of a family working together. Don't be a sideliner. Come all the way in. Be a part so we can get to know you and you can get to know us. Yes. That's a work of faith. It's a faith when, because the family's been broken. But we're not that family. We understand there's been a tremendous war governmentally against families. We get that. I'm not ignorant. Sometimes people are like, do you know what's happening in the world? Do you know what's happening, Pastor? Do you know about this? Do you know about that? They're sending me uh, emails and all these kinds of things. I, I, I actually do know. But I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to talk about what I know. Yeah, I, 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 I know what's in the news, but I know what the good news is. And this is the news that changes life. Let the word have free course in our hearts. Let it be glorified in all we set our hands to. You know, we don't have to work it hard. I know some giftings, some of you, I know better than others. And, and uh, in the midst of all of this, as I was praying about it, I had this kind of little song, and, and it's kind of like I'm in the somber moment, I'm going to do this anyway. But I so appreciate Shalane because I knew when I kind of this popped into my head, I, because of her spirit, I knew she would enjoy every second of it. And uh, she has such a great joy in her life. And I love the way she writes songs. I don't write songs the way she does. I'm very grateful for how the word works in her. But this little, this little song goes like this. Because this is what we don't want to be. Yes, we're word of faith people. Yes, we're filled with faith. But we don't want to be super faith, hyper faith, redeeming faith, my friends. Seed faith, abundant faith. We'll see you to the end. Dynamic faith, living faith, clear for all to see. By God's grace and word of faith, we live in victory. Woo! You know, that's not... <laughs> But I knew she'd love it. <laughs> See? I know her gifts. I obviously don't have a gift for writing songs <laughs> in that way. <laughs> but I do have a gift of joy. I do carry that. 
God's gifted me with exhortation to comfort, to bring a word that will help you in your life to be strong, to know that no matter what we face, the word of God will be glorified. You'll all receive it different, and God will work it in you to do his good work. And together, wow, we are going to be forcefully advancing. Amen? I hope you're encouraged this morning. Not going to be those super faith people. We're going to be normal faith people. Miracles are in our midst. Now, I don't normally say this, but I'm trying to find the door. I really am. And, uh, yeah, let's just pray. That's a better way. I can shut the door in prayer. Well, sort of. <laughs> I start praying, and we open up another door altogether. Praise the Lord. Amen. But I'm not going to be working myself up and praying, praying in the Holy Ghost because some of you need prayer. <laughs> Amen. Let's exalt our king. But I do speak to those who've been stuck today. Those who've been stuck where the word of God is having trouble going in. Father, I thank you for the wonderful ways your oil goes in and prepares that soil. That places that have ached for your presence will be soothed with your word this day. We thank you that your word in our lips and on our lips changes our circumstances, changes lives, changes them. Oh, it changes them. We thank you for the decrees that you put in our heart that we speak at your prete, at your unction of anointing. Pretea, dasa. Adora. Father, I thank you for Holy Spirit working to bring comfort. That people are beginning to see that this is a great time to be alive. For those who've been around them. Father, I thank you that you're giving them your word to speak about their family situations. That it's just a natural thing. A natural thing. It's flowing easy Father, I thank you for how you work in our hearts, how you work in it. That it goes sometimes beyond our understanding, God. And the way you do that is so marvelous. You are a marvelous God, and we love you. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3W3B1. 